0: Hey everyone, this is Sorta Awesome, but I am not Meg Teets. This is Kelly Gordon in your earbuds, and let me tell you why. Friends, this week has been one for the books. Our beloved host and leader Meg was very sick earlier this week, eventually diagnosed with bronchitis. She's doing much better now on the men, but you know, she just wasn't up to putting out our regularly scheduled show this week, but we didn't want to leave you empty handed. So instead we're releasing today a podcast you might not have heard because we did it for the 2017 homemaking bundle. It's a group show, which means Laura Tremaine is back. Cue the applause. And it's all about homemaking confessions. In this episode, you will hear how one of us has given up on enforcing bedtimes, how one of us actually harvests a garden in our own yard that she doesn't plant, and how one of us encourages her kids to sleep in the closet. (laughs) This is us telling you the truth about our lives. Reality isn't always Pinterest perfect, yes? So we hope you'll enjoy this laughter-filled episode. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is a special edition of Sorta Awesome created just for the 2017 Ultimate Homemaking Bundle. We know we have lots of people who are new to Sorta Awesome and maybe new to podcasts in general who are listening to this. So let me give you a little background about who we are before we share with you Some of our biggest homemaking confessions. Sorta Awesome is a weekly podcast for women that launched in April of 2015. Each week I'm joined by one of my dear friends and awesome co-hosts. And all three of these women are joining me today for this episode. That's right. I've got our favorite Hollywood housewife, Laura Tremaine. Our favorite older sister with the best advice, Kelly Gordon. And our favorite, very fun and wonderfully practical friend, Rebecca Hoffer. Now, one thing that the four of us are known for is that we are not shy about confessing all kinds of things to our awesome audience pretty regularly. Today, you're going to hear each of us share some of our biggest confessions when it comes to all things home life, including marriage, parenting, housekeeping, and more. We'll get to those confessions in just a moment, but first, let's start this episode the way we start every episode, and that's with awesome of the week. Rebecca what do you have for us this week?
2: Well my awesome of the week this time is baby focus because I am currently in new baby mode focusing all of my energy which is Earth Mama Angel Baby. I love them!
1: Yes I love that company too yes!
2: So when I first started wanting to experiment in some more natural products Um, A big motivation for me was the birth of my first child and Earth Mama Angel Baby was one of the companies I very quickly gravitated towards. And I wanna highlight two of their products that I just absolutely love. They have a ton of different stuff. But things that I just have on my must have list is the Bottom Balm. And all their products are totally natural. They are rated really well in the skincare database that people often use to check to see how things rank for toxins and other things that they want to be avoiding um but this angel baby bottom balm on their website they say that it's naturally antibacterial and antifungal which is pretty cool because then you can also use it for other things too besides just putting it on your baby's high knee during diaper changes so you can use it on bug bites and minor rashes and scrapes and burns and it's i love that it's versatile like that plus I feel like it smells good and it almost doesn't smell too at the same time. Um, I had been using their baby bottom balm for a long time and then I had to borrow a girlfriend's regular desitin and I don't have anything against desitin or whatever's in it or whatnot. You know, do your own research. (laughs) That's fine. But after I put that on my daughter, I like felt like I was holding a medicine cabinet in front of me. Like I could smell it through her diaper, through her clothes. and I was like, oh, I miss my Earth Mama Angel Baby stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So the other product that I absolutely love is their Natural Nipple Butter. And again, I don't have anything against regular lanolin. I've used that in the past too. Um, But their Nipple Butter is just really nice. And it kind of makes me feel like I'm pampering myself in something Mm -hmm. that is a very unpampering type of situation with breastfeeding. (laughs)
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Um, Yes. So it's good on all kinds of dry and cracked skin so you can Use it on your lips. I've used it as like chapstick Mm -hmm. before. You can use it on babies like chapped cheeks or on (laughs) like heels or elbows, everything. And they have these amazing gift bundles, which I'm kind of crossing my fingers for, hoping that some might be sent my way someday with new baby coming, um, where they package everything up for... Like you can get like a postpartum kit or a pregnancy kit or a new baby kit. And they also have baby loss gifts, which I just think are re- that's just really special. It seems like they are really just so aware of, you know, pregnancy and just the specialness of that time. But then also, you know, when things go bad, they just seem like a very down-to-earth, natural, in-touch organization. And I just love their stuff.
1: I have to agree, I've used many of their products through the years. One of theirs that I really love is the C-section Healing Salve, which really is so nice and so helpful for moms who are healing from a C-section. So I love that, Rebecca. I love all that baby stuff. I can just smell it again as, as you're talking about it. It's such a wonderful time. So love it.
0: Kelly, how about you? Well, I have something that is food related. No surprise, maybe. But <laughs> this time, this is a food item that you just buy. This is not a recipe. This is not anything that you have to make or bake in your kitchen. Uh-huh. It is something that I discovered at Costco, but you can find it a lot of different stores. It's a chocolate muffin, but it's a healthy chocolate muffin. Is it really? Oh, sign me up. I know, right? <laughs> this It's made by a company called Garden Lights. It's L-I-T-E-S. You would get these chocolate muffins in your frozen food section. So okay. like I know Target and Walmart, Costco. You know, Costco's kind of Like they'll have it in seasons and then it goes away for a little while. So you will just have to check your local stores and see if they actually have it. But here's the thing. The first two ingredients in these chocolate muffins are zucchini and carrots.
1: Those
3: are the first two ingredients?
0: The first two ingredients. Okay. And they're also, not only that, they're also gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free.
3: Oh, wait. Now you just ruined the whole thing for me. (laughs) Yeah, you lost me, too. See, (laughs) I I don't tell
0: my kids that either until they tried the first one. And then I was like, and those have vegetables in them. Their ingredient list is like flaxseed, brown rice flour. It's got whole eggs. It's got real chocolate chips in them. So they're a chocolate muffin with chocolate chips inside. What you do, the best way to do them, and the thing that I like about them, is since they exist and live in your freezer, when you're ready, you can just take one out of the freezer and pop it into the microwave for 35 seconds. Really still in that little cellophane bag it comes in. And it's going to be kind of like a lava cake because the chocolate chips are going to melt. And it's kind of, it's like, okay, I'm going to say the M word. It's a moist chocolate cake. (laughs) Oh, I hate that word, but it is. It really, there's no other way to describe it. It's very chocolatey. Um, especially when it comes out of the microwave, you know, it's kind of warm or you could just take it right from the freezer and stick it in your kid's lunch. If you have somebody or your lunch, if you're going to take it, it tastes like a treat. Like my kids feel like they're getting a treat and they know that it has vegetables in it, but they don't care. You know, like they're like, I don't care what's in it. It's chocolate. Um, And it tastes like that. It has that sort of a feel even on your tongue. But yet you don't have to feel as guilty, you know, because it's it's and it hits so many um, hot points for not only people who might have food sensitivities, but even in the classroom. So if you're having to send a snack for somebody, but they're in a peanut free or even gluten free or dairy free classroom, this like hits all of the bases. So again, they're called chocolate muffins. They're made by a company called Garden Lights, L-I-T-E-S. If you want to find what stores might sell these muffins, these magical moist muffins um, (laughs) near you, you can go to GardenLights.com and look for their locator.
1: Okay. I'm very surprised. Usually when baked goods have vegetables, they're kind of thrown in as an afterthought. So I'm very surprised that the first two ingredients are vegetables. That's amazing. And it tastes good. And it tastes good. Yes. Yes.
2: Kelly, I only believe you because of your positive track record in the past.
1: Absolutely, yes.
2: (laughs) Literally, I'm sitting here thinking, if anybody else was telling me this, I'd be like, you're lying. This does not taste (laughs) like a truly good lava cake like you you're fooling yourself you have been living in diet <laughs> land for too long you don't recognize what good food tastes like
0: well I mean it's not a lava cake like in a restaurant but it does have you know chocolate in it that's melted so in that sense it's not going to be super super gooey you're not gonna have to eat it with a fork but no I absolutely almost personally guarantee that you wouldn't even see You know, like I make a chocolate zucchini cake that has lots of stuff in it, but you can see the shredded zucchini in it. Again, no one has ever refused this cake. It is so yummy and good. doesn't matter that it has zucchini in it. But these muffins, you can't even tell. Like if you handed it to somebody and said, here's a chocolate muffin I made for you, they would never know that it has vegetables in it. All right, Kelly.
1: Your your street cred in the taste department is way up there. So I'm going to take your word for it and definitely try to
3: find these for my kids too. So fun.
1: All right, Laura, Awesome of the Week, what
3: do you have for us? Well, I'm going to take a wide swing away from veggie chocolate muffins. <laughs> <laughs> My Awesome of the Week is really gender specific, but we are all women and we know that our listeners are like 99.99% women. Yes. So I feel pretty comfortable talking about this in front of you guys. I really want to tell you that I've super been loving this Clue period tracker app on my phone. Okay, yeah. I, you know, when I was trying to get pregnant with my kids, both of my kids, I had, my husband and I had to try quite a bit. And so I was all about tracking my ovulation and my period and everything. I was really into it. I used multiple, at that time they weren't apps, but like sites on the internet and whatever to do that. But then after I had my kids and I just got lazy and I haven't tracked anything for years and years, and I noticed like I would I would be surprised. I would, <laughs> every month, it's a surprise. <laughs> every That's single one, month, I would be like, "Why do I have a headache? Why do I hate everybody?" Um, and so I was like complaining about that to a girlfriend, and she was like, "Oh, you got to get this period tracker. So it's an app. I have an iPhone. I think it is available for both. It's called Clue. C L U E. Okay." A couple of things i like about it is it's it's just completely visual it's like a graphic it's a circle graphic so you you know put in day one and you can just watch it as it moves around the circle it will give you an alert when you're about to ovulate if that's a thing you're tracking it will give you an alert um a few days before you start your period and through your cycle it also you can also add in different um Symptoms, if you will, like headaches or cramps or sensitivity or whatever. But you don't have to like type anything. I really like the way they have it set up. You just press. So they have like a section for emotions, they have a section for pain levels, they have a section um, for sleep, I think. Whatever you're kind of tracking within your cycle, and you just like press it like press. Oh, I was really sensitive today. Or um, for me, I started tracking my headaches because I get hormonal headaches. Right. And I loosely knew that they were tied to that. But, I mean, now that I've been doing it for months at this point, I can see, like, they come on exactly the same day of my cycle. Oh, how interesting. Every single month. I couldn't have seen that because you can... There's another page where you can, like, look at the analysis for all of your months. You know what I mean? Yes. And it will also remind you, like, you might experience a headache today or whatever. Like, it will warn you and also you can just um see it like I just it, you know it's hard to explain over <laughs> the air but it really is super user friendly um and again I mean it is like the most minimal amount of work you don't have to type in anything you don't have to do anything you just press the buttons and it keeps it all for you it's really great it's called the clue period tracker app and I just think it's helpful kind of no matter what stage you're in what you're trying to track what you're trying to look at um i mean even for the most basics like i love that it will like pop up as an alert on my phone to be like your period is due tomorrow right
1: yes i know i know that feeling i have actually used a different tracker a different tracking app for a long time now but it really it's kind of revolutionary that all of a sudden you're like i'm actually really totally tuned in to what's happening now instead of it being an unpleasant
3: surprise every month and, and if you want to like I have a girlfriend who didn't even realize that some of her sleep problems were tied ah, to her hormones I don't yeah. want to say anything medical here because I don't even understand how it all works but once she started like tracking it and could see it was like very obvious to her mm, um, yes and so then she started I'm not sure how she kind of dealt with that or even just having the knowledge Is its own kind of power but um you know that you're not crazy that it wasn't something you ate that you you know whatever so anyway i just i'm all about having the knowledge and using it and in an easy way (laughs) easy is so key so key can
2: you sync it to your husband's phone so he can get those warning messages too baby bring bring home chocolate muffin
1: tomorrow preferably not the healthy kind That's so great. Okay, thank you for that, Laura. I really like that a lot. Well, mine this week is kind of echoing back to what Rebecca was talking about in terms of natural body care. This, however, instead of being for babies, is for uh, for us, for the grownups, for the women who are listening. I have recently changed up my facial care routine after many, many years of doing the same thing, essentially. So back when I was blogging, back when I had a blog called Sorta of Crunchy, I talked pretty extensively about using the oil cleansing method for cleaning my skin which is it's just what it sounds like you use a combination of different kinds of oils and you use that to cleanse your skin and I loved it it was great but you guys I had I started doing that probably in 2007 2008 somewhere in there and I just got tired of it <laughs> just got tired of you know keeping track of the oil and mixing it up and I wanted something a little simpler so I actually have gone very, very simple. And also all of my products are pretty, pretty natural, which I feel good about right now. I turned 40 this year. I know that pretty soon I'm going to probably be stepping up some of the anti-aging stuff, which is not always, um, you know, not, it's maybe a little bit more, um, chemically (laughs) than some of the natural stuff that I love. So for now, I'm enjoying this little respite of of time where I am just still using my natural stuff, but it's a lot simpler than oil cleansing method was for me. So I'm starting out each night by um, cleaning my face with just very basic soap. I'm using either Dr. Bronner's, which is a well-known simple um, liquid soap, or also I've started using, sometimes mixing into the routine, African black soap which is widely known uh, globally for being really great for the skin. And so washing with just soap always leaves my skin feeling really tight. And I do miss from the oil cleansing days, I miss that really um, deeply moisturizing feel that I got when I would finish cleaning my face with the oil cleansing combination. So what I've done is I got a couple of products from Acure Organics. There are tons of of organic facial and skincare lines out there. Once I found Acure, I was like, I'm gonna stop looking at everything else and stop doing research on everything else. I really have loved all of the Acure products that I use. I get mine from Grove Collaborative, but you can find them at Target, you can find them at Sprouts, Whole Foods, all kinds of places that would sell organic skincare. So what I've been doing is getting some of their, a little bit of their Moroccan argan oil, I put a little of that in my palm, and then I mix in Acure's Magical Wonder Fluff Cream. Have any of y'all heard of their Wonder Fluff?
0: What is that? What does that do? Sounds like something I want to put on a Sunday. (laughs) It does,
1: doesn't it? It is their intensive hydrating mask that you can wear overnight and it's supposed to kind of um, settle into your skin help combat those wrinkles that may be trying to pop up on your skin so i mix a little bit of that together in my palm and put it in the places where my skin feels tight and that brings so much moisturizing to my skin for overnight i also like to use the argon oil on my um, neck too i don't know if you all are having any dry skin issues there ever but it has been really helpful for me just The argan oil you can use for a ton of things. Um, You can use it on your cuticles, you can use it on dry skin patches. And then Acure Organics has an eye cream. So I picked that up, I've been using it. I don't know, I'll have to weigh in later to see if I'm actually seeing any results or um, if it's just me being hopeful about their eye cream. I I can't weigh in yet because I've only been using it for a few weeks. But it's just been so nice to still have a natural skincare routine in the evenings that I really like to use before bed, and it's just been so much more simple than the oil cleansing method that I used for years. So I wanted to be sure to tell you
3: all about it. Can I tell you something? I got a facial a few weeks ago, and my facialist told me that um, – you know, as an esthetician, she has seen a lot, a lot, a lot more neck problems than ever before, like either dry skin or wrinkles, like deep, deep wrinkles and whatever. And do you know what it's from? Looking down at our phones. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I never would have thought of that. Like cosmetically, it is changing, you know, our the skin there and how we hold, and I, I've, I'd i heard that before in my, my Pilates instructor had told me that about our neck, like our actual structure. Yes. But even the esthetician was telling me that about the skin even, because it's the skin is not used to being like. Oh my gosh,
1: Laura, I never would have even thought of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm gonna try to be more mindful
3: about so, posture. So our necks are <laughs> aging more quickly or they're looking, you know, yes, older. And it's from looking down our phones. And ever since she told me that, I've tried
0: to be like putting my yes. up
3: in the air and like looking at it.
0: Try to read it like you're taking a selfie, like <laughs> above you. Well, <laughs> you honestly, back out.
1: I am like seriously taking this to heart because I do a lot of reading on the Kindle app on my phone because it's always with me and I can just pick it up. And so now that I'm thinking about I do look down a lot, even not just playing on my phone, but for reading. So, oh
3: my goodness. Like people are getting acne in their neck because the oil has oh, been Lordy. stimulated there. Like all kinds of things. It is it, it, People's neck is changing because of their phone usage. Isn't that – I think it's so interesting, actually.
0: So basically evolution is going to determine that within yeah. a generation we're going to look like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, We're not going basically. to have a neck. It's just gonna be head that swivels down, <laughs> and now everybody listening to us is like, we're all straightening our necks, right? We're yeah, I know. Yes, up. everybody, take a little break and look up. Oh
1: my goodness. Okay. Well, those were all incredibly awesome things to uh, to take away from this episode. I'm gonna be thinking about the neck thing for the longest. I think. I maybe that's exactly the the news that I needed to hear right now. Hi awesomes. Well, the people have spoken and the people are loving Kapari's coconut deodorant just like I do. I think people are loving Kapari's coconut deodorant so much because most of us have spent years looking for a safer alternative to deodorant, something that we wear every single day. And that's why we are all so excited about the aluminum-free deodorant that is changing the game for all of us. And yeah, it's Kapari's coconut deodorant. Kapari is so passionate about providing aluminum-free deodorant for people that they're running a campaign called The Truth Stinks about aluminum and all the reasons you do do not want it in your deodorant. Kapari's deodorant is totally different. Instead of plugging up your sweat glands, it takes care of any smell without messing with your body's natural patterns. And it works. It fights odor with plant-based actives such as sage oil and coconut oil And trust me when I say it can outlast your longest days. The coconut deodorant is Kapari's number one selling product. They can barely keep it in stock. It doesn't even leave behind a sticky white residue. There's just this subtle sweet scent of fresh coconut milk. Most importantly, it is free of silicones, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, and... It's free of baking soda, so it's great even for sensitive skin. And now reordering is a breeze with a deodorant subscription. Just choose how often you wanna receive it and they ship it out to you automatically so you will never run out of this magic unicorn of a deodorant ever again. Kapari offers a money back guarantee, so there's no reason not to try it. Do it today. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash awesome to make the safe switch, and you'll save $5 off of your first order when you subscribe. That's kapari, K O P A R I, beauty.com slash awesome. Kaparibeauty.com slash awesome, and make that safe switch to a truly awesome natural deodorant today. well like i said at the top of the show we have put together an episode filled with some of our best confessions now of course all of us the the co-hosts and i we all try to do our best like you do those of you who are listening in all areas of home life but listen there are some things that we do that are like totally completely normal to us but we realize when we start saying them out loud that they might raise the eyebrows of other people. So we have brought some of our confessions to share with you today. Rebecca, would you mind to get us started with your first confession?
2: Of course. Well, when my husband and I moved into our first home, uh, we I had these dreams of possibly having a small garden a lot of my friends were gardening and I thought you know now that I'm out of an apartment and I'm on my own in like a real house with a yard that I can control what fun it would be to have a garden and so I was talking to my neighbor about this and my neighbor that year planted a small garden for me and it was so kind of him and I was so impressed and so thankful he's like I mean, today, I think he's, like, 82, 85, something like that. And he planted some zucchini plants and some tomato plants for me in a patch of my flower bed. And you guys, for, like, the past six years, my neighbor has planted a garden (laughs) for me.
1: (laughs) You were like, you're so good at that. I'm just going to let you keep doing it.
2: (laughs) I don't know why he keeps doing it other than, I guess, I don't know, he likes me, but I... Tell you, I'm like the only one in the world probably who outsources their gardening to the elderly. I don't know what is going on. And, and he'll water it if I'm being um, neglectful. He's like staked up my tomato plants before. I mean, he just, he really takes care of me. And the worst part about it is, is that I don't like tomatoes. And nobody oh no. in my family really does except for my husband. And he'll eat, like, one, like, two. Like, you right. don't need, like, full tomato plants. So I have tried to can salsa with them. And that usually works pretty well. But I got to tell you, like, I almost feel – I mean, I feel guilty. I feel blessed. I feel all the emotions. I kind of feel like <laughs> I might be over it. Um, he's, like, 82, 80, 85 Aww. years old. And he's out there – gardening for me. Tending I'm, to... I'm thirty-five. What is I, know, I was gonna me? say.
1: Tending to the garden of the thirty somethings out there.
2: I have no disabilities. Why am I making him do it? Oh but he's so kind.
1: Oh, that's a good one though. That's that is funny. I, I never would have guessed that you were dependent on elderly labor to have fresh
0: vegetables, <laughs> Rebecca <for back heaven. laughs>
1: Okay, that is a good one. Kelly, what is your first confession?
0: Oh my goodness. I guess my confession is one that I didn't really know at the beginning was even something I could say out loud because it seems so wrong, but it is that I don't really enforce bedtime on my kids. Really? Yes. How does that work out for you? What I mean (laughs) is, when they're little, obviously, when they're babies or toddlers, you have some control over that, right? But as they got older, and as we've said on the other show, that was part of this homemaking bundle, I solo parent a lot, and I have four children. It is too difficult if I had that be my goal was to get them into bed, quote unquote, on time. And usually, if you're doing an on time bedtime, it also is an earlier bedtime. And yes. even when they were babies, I have never been able to get my kids into bed before eight thirty or nine. Like there just there was no way. I just couldn't. It was between dinner and then you know bathing. If you're going to have a bedtime routine, which we do do. So I have now for a few years just kind of let that go. I've said it is too stressful for me to try to meet what seems like on the surface a very reasonable and good thing for most people. My kids are in bed every night at 7 o'clock or my kids are in bed every night at 8 o'clock. With four kids and one parent and the way that life goes, it just made me frustrated and angry all the time that I couldn't make this my goal. And... My kids, for the most part, weren't going to sleep. So even if I could get them into bed, you know, I was either sitting and reading with them and it would take them a really long time to fall asleep, like they weren't tired at that time. So again, I have kind of washed away the guilt and said they will go to sleep when they go to sleep. I have two kids who are in the teen years and especially those years, they're kind of fraught with peril when it comes to bedtime yeah. because their natural body clocks right. start to shift and they, they're, they can come home from school really tired. But by nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, all of a sudden they become Chatty McChatterton and they're following me around the house. And, you know, like they don't even want to go to bed anymore. And of course, they're usually the ones that are up first because of when school starts. So, but even there, we have said, and of course, at that age, you can kind of reason with them a little bit more. Although 13 isn't all that different than three (laughs) when it comes to (laughs) reasoning abilities. But to say, look, you need to be rested. So if you are having difficulty waking up, if you are grumpy all day because you're so tired, then we're going to start to say, I'm going to get to control some of your bedtime or at least the time that you have to be in your bed. I can't make you go to sleep. Right. I've never been able to make my kids go to sleep. So even that, I'll see sometimes parents will say, I'll put my kid in bed and they won't go to sleep. What do I do? Here's the answer. There's nothing you can do. You can't control that part of their experience. You can only control you know, how and when they get into bed. So Same thing with my teens. I kind of let them control it. Um, If someone's still reading and it's 11 o'clock at night, I will go in and say, it is time to turn the light off. But even with my younger kids who are in elementary school, I have just kind of given up like, this is the set time. We have a euphemistic sort of goal of 8.30, 9 Uh o'clock. Sometimes we're going to hit it. Most of the time we're not. I'm done stressing about it. So that's what I mean when I say I don't enforce it. I'm not there. I'm not the bedtime police. I tried to wear that hat. I was really bad at it. And all it did was make everybody grumpy. Right. So now I just say, okay, again, if you're going to wake up in the morning and be grumpy or if I'm going to hear from your teachers that you're falling asleep in class or, you know, you're not able to focus or function, then we'll talk about it. But right now, I've let that go and said I'm just not going to enforce that right now.
1: I got it. I got it. It is true. It's such a weird transition for me because I always have been pretty, pretty regulated about bedtimes. But now my oldest daughter is 12 and it's, it is, it's true. She just like naturally gets a second wind before bed and she'll be like, mom, I'm going to start a craft project. And it's like 930 at night. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, you're not going to start a craft project. You could watch YouTube if you want to until you're tired, (laughs) but no one's sewing in the kitchen at 930 at night.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it just really does change the whole schedule of like how you operate. I will just give that warning. If you don't have teens yet, like how people are like, well, we get our kids in bed by seven because then my husband and I have time. When they become teens, that just goes away, and you just have to find a new way to do life, which is fine. Yeah, you know. But like, they come to me at ten o'clock at night, and they're like, "Mom, did I tell you about this new TV show?" And you're like, "I have no brain left. <laughs> I know. What are you? I can't That's word." True. <laughs> it's but, so true yeah. yeah yeah that's where we are
3: all right okay Laura let's hear confession number one from you mine is also about kids and beds but I'm sort of a bedtime Nazi I'll be honest so it's I can, I hear what you're saying I'm receiving <laughs> what you're saying in grace
0: <laughs> thank you for loving me anyway Laura.
3: <laughs> but I am so confused by it in our house we make our children sleep in the closet <laughs> sorry what like his punishment or (laughs) (laughs) no no friends like their bed is in the closet um I have a seven year old and a five year old and we have a lake house that we spend our summer at and this isn't just like a weekend thing like we go for long chunks of time like two months eight weeks at a time and it's a (laughs) what is funny about this is it's a big house it has five bedrooms um we have lots of guests, and yet <laughs> I make the kids sleep in the closet. And I, ever since they were born, so like basically the, they've had to sleep in the closet. The
1: closet that's adjacent—is it like the master bedroom closet? It's adjacent to your it's, room.
3: Yeah, it's the master bedroom closet. It's there's a um, a master bathroom in between, and so you know it's almost like a room in between. You have to walk through the bathroom to get to the okay. closet. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big closet, but there is no mistaking that it is a closet. <laughs> like it has hanger rods, right? And kind of built-in drawers. Well,
2: and it fits both of them. The, the two of them sleep in the one closet, or do
3: they have their own? <laughs> own Rebecca, closet? they both sleep in the closet. And and most of the time that we're there, like the other four bedrooms are empty.
0: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs>
2: Do you also keep your clothes in yes, the same closet? Yes, it's
3: a closet. <laughs> like, I have hanging clothes and shoes and, you know, boxes or whatever. You know how closets, like, just accumulate. Right, right, what. yeah. It is an actual closet. Like, a, it is our functioning closet, and it is also our functioning bedroom.
0: <laughs> okay, so how do they feel about this, and why do you do Yeah, yeah. let's
3: start there. Like, is there a background? Is there, a, is there some story here, or... We started doing it when my daughter was a baby because all the other bedrooms are just were just way too far away they were upstairs and whatever the this the master area is on the first floor and is like in towards the front of the house like to put her anywhere else just made me really nervous it was just like too far even with a monitor and stuff i just i didn't like it it was too far and um So, you know, we put the crib in the closet. Obviously, it's a walk-in closet, clearly. But, like, I mean, it's a closet. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like a crazy walk-in closet. It's a normal walk-in closet. And I put the crib in there for that first summer. Well, then, um, and that worked great. Yeah, yeah. And then as the kids, she got older. I had another child. Like, we just kept adding to the closet. And then, (laughs) and then, Last year, or maybe two summers ago, maybe when they were five and three, um, or two and four, I don't know, whatever, I went and bought toddler beds, like I actually bought beds for the closet. (laughs) So they have a bed, that's a bonus, right? They're not on the floor or anything, but we have two little Ikea toddler beds in the closet. I just, the other bedrooms are still really far away. Sure, sure, Um, sure. And here's the here's the thing that kind of hangs people up. It's like we have a lot of house guests and I just don't want to like waste one of those bedrooms (laughs) on the kids. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. No, on on a
1: completely logical level. That makes sense. I can see it.
2: So how much
3: of your family planning is based on the
2: size of this closet? Like, is that why you're
3: done? I mean, that could be a factor.
0: (laughs) Otherwise, you'd have to put bunk beds in the closet and you'd have to get rid of
3: clothes.
0: It's hard.
3: You know, I could talk about this all day because that first year I put my son in the bathroom and my daughter in the closet. And then he was waking up every night and... I couldn't figure it out. I realized that the crib I had for him was like too near a vent and I thought he was getting cold, Uh you know, like an air conditioning vent. Yes. And so, you know, of course my solution was, well, we'll, we'll move him out of the bathroom and we'll put him in the closet. (laughs) And, and people are like, I don't understand because you have bedrooms. Like, why aren't you putting them in like warm, cozy bedrooms? (laughs)
1: Yes. But it works for us. I love it. I love it. That's. That is a great confession. Well, my first confession also happens to be kid-related. I think that we are stacking a lot of kid and parenting confessions right here at the beginning. Mine is one that I feel like could possibly land me on like a Dr. Phil kind of show or something, maybe a a, a nanny show someday, super nanny, um, because I am one of those parents that is super indulgent of my children's pickiness when it comes to eating. I am not one of those that will set the table like, well, this is dinner, we are all eating this dinner. If you don't like it, you can lump it and get down from the table. (laughs) I'm on the other end of the spectrum, which is really weird considering the fact that I myself, I am not picky at all. There are a few things that I won't eat, cilantro being at the top of that list, but that's not pickiness, that is science. (laughs) So, but generally, really, I will eat almost anything, but all of my kids, we have four kids, all of them have had those sort of picky toddler preference stages where they don't want to eat, you know, the spicy chili that their dad cooked or whatever. And so I am one of those who will keep the fridge stocked with, um, tubes of yogurt string cheese we do lots of like um chicken nuggets that you just heat up in the oven all of the things all of the bland cardboard food that toddlers and preschoolers like to eat and we just go with it it drives my husband crazy you guys it drives him bonkers because he definitely is one of those people that is like Everyone should eat the same thing. It's ridiculous to make two meals for every meal, one for the little ones and one for the rest of the family. So what we kind of came to a compromise in that by the time the kids hit about four years old, I start weaning them off. start the weaning process.
0: Weaning them off chicken nuggets or mac and cheese. Yes.
1: I buy, (laughs) you guys, every week I buy one of those Sam-sized big, Big packages of Annie's mac and cheese. There's always Annie's mac and cheese in our pantry. But yes, I start weaning them off of the crappy toddler food and onto regular food because. Our kids go to public school, and here in Oklahoma, they start pre-K when they're four. And I do not want them to, like, be starving at school all day because they refuse to eat whatever um, they're having for school lunch. And so, and I am a terrible, that should be a side confession. I hate making lunches, and I pretty much don't do it. <laughs> My oldest likes to take her lunch, so she just makes her own now. But anyway, by the time they're about four or five, they're they they're weaned off of the, the crap food and on to regular normal Real food that the rest of us eat. But yeah, I'm one of those moms and I'm kind of like Kelly in that she's accepted that she's not ever gonna be a good bedtime enforcer. I'm never gonna be a good eat eat the food that we're all eating, Enforcer. That's my first confession. Do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. That's right. Okay, let's move on to our second round of confessions. Rebecca, what do you have for us next?
2: So you said at the top of the show here that some of these things seem very normal to us, but that they might raise some eyebrows. This one definitely falls into that category. Um, yes, I am a stay-at-home mom, but I do not do my husband's laundry. He does his own laundry.
3: Really? <laughs> I don't
2: think this is a big deal at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been told otherwise.
1: <laughs> okay, I feel like there's some backstory on this too. Yeah. <laughs> What's the backstory?
2: Well... Um, the backstory. What is the backstory? See, it's not even that big of a deal. It's just what it is. It is what it is. Um, when we got married, uh, we both had full time jobs, and I don't know, call it the feminist in me or what, whatnot. I didn't think it was necessary for me to adopt doing his laundry on top of my laundry. I mean, we both had full time jobs, so we both just found time to do our own laundry. And then when I became a stay at home mom. We, I experimented with doing his laundry, but I just hated it so very much. Really? I did. I really, really did. Because here's what would happen is it would be like, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning, he'd be leaving for work and he'd bring down his load of laundry or his laundry basket full and he'd set it down in the living room and say, hey, I really need laundry done. Can you do this for me today? And I don't know, maybe it's part of my Myers-Briggs type or whatnot. I can't stand being told what to do. And it just would bother me so much. I'd be like, you don't know what my schedule is today. I mean, I'm thinking this in my head. I never like went at him with a kitchen knife or anything. Like, how dare you ask me to do your laundry? But I just just felt like, you know, I have my own agenda. And it's not necessarily doing laundry today. Um, Because I don't like to do laundry every day. I don't do a load of laundry every day. I don't have a regular laundry day I do laundry when I run out of underwear and that's just the fact (laughs) of the matter or when we start running out of clothes that's when I do laundry and another thing is that my husband does not work that way at all because that's not the responsible mature way to handle your laundry he does laundry when he has enough to fill a load so when his laundry basket is full he knows that that equals one load and then he'll say okay well I need this done and I'll be like well, but are you out of underwear like you <laughs> shirts to wear tomorrow like why does this have to be done today <laughs> so, and we have just found that he's happier when his laundry basket is empty more often i'm happier when it, my laundry basket is overflowing and then i'll take care of it and so i manage my laundry and the children's laundry because they're too little
1: <laughs> but do you have do you have an age in mind where like your oldest you're going to be like okay now you're going to learn how to do your own laundry <laughs> now <laughs> you're eight so now you do your own laundry
2: <laughs> I should but I mean that's another confession so I'm pretty bad at chores and teaching my kids how to do responsible things <sighs> which I need to fix but no I don't have a date in mind uh, it would be like last year three years ago you know <laughs> like out of the womb start doing your own laundry <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness, I love it. Have you guys, have, do people in your life that know this, do they comment on it? Like, do they ha- have they ever made any snide remarks or anything along so, those lines?
2: <laughs> my husband is a very tidy individual. And I learned early on in my marriage, I would go around and pick up the house before a company would come. And one day I looked at these things that I was gathering from all areas of the house. And I was like, I, every single one of these things is my responsibility. None of this. Is my husband's stuff, Uh and I just had this aha moment that I am the messy one and he's the tidy one. And yes, it has come up with my friends that well, it must be nice (laughs) to have a husband (laughs) who never leaves anything laying around. It must be nice to have a husband who likes to help clean on Saturdays. I mean, I we do have a unique situation. I do feel very blessed, Um, but it works for us, and he's not at all upset about it. Yeah, like he's not. He doesn't care two hoots about the fact that it's so easy for him to come home at the end of the day and throw in a load of his laundry. Yeah. Yeah. It it really doesn't bother him at all. So it works for us.
0: I got it. So Rebecca, did this come out of how you grew up at all? I like did growing up, did you do your own laundry or did you see your parents doing laundry separately or something like that?
2: No, I think my mom did everybody's laundry. Okay. I don't even think I started doing my own laundry until college, probably. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Maybe that's the problem is that I'm spoiled. (laughs) I don't want to do any laundry.
1: Uh, Oh, my goodness. That's so fun. Okay. That was a good one. That was a really good one, Rebecca. Kelly, what do you have next for us?
0: Well, it kind of leads off of what I just asked Rebecca. It is that it took me years. And when I say years, I mean decades (laughs) to learn that I don't have to do everything the way I grew up. Aha, when it yes. comes to home life. Mm-hmm. And I really can't say enough about how far this extends into the far outer recesses of my life. Um, I will give you a couple of examples. And really to know, to understand this story, you have to know that my mom is the, I don't want to say perfect, but like she's like the ultimate stay-at-home mom. Okay, Like it was what she always wanted to do. It really is her life dream. Um, so she poured everything into it. Um, And just did a phenomenal job. So of course, as we all know, what you grow up with you think is normal Mm -hmm. and the quote-unquote right way to do things. So I grew up in a pastor's family. My mom also grew up in a pastor's family. So the way she had grown up her whole life was that the centerpiece of our entire week, especially when it comes to food, is the Sunday dinner. So you would be at church all Sunday morning, and then you would come home and you would have this huge meal, like really almost a feast. Every Sunday. And that would be like, that's when the dessert was made every week. There were always homemade rolls. It was a big deal. Wow. Yeah. And so, and then we would all take naps and go back to church at night because that was what we did in those days. Yes. Really glad we don't do that anymore. But that was like the rhythm of our Sundays. So I got married young, moved out, moved away from home, moved across the country. And yet I still thought Sunday dinner was the way that life had to be done. Mm -hmm. So for a decade, I made my husband on most Sundays come home from church if we went and eat like a big meal like that I had made. Yes. That I would start sometimes before we left for church because, again, that's what my mom would did since Sunday. You know, we would be at church for four or five hours, so she would put something in the oven, you know, that could slowly cook. We grew up in the Midwest, so it was often like some sort of a heavy roast or, you know, chicken, something like that. So here I am living in San Diego making roast for my husband on a beautiful day in January And it did not even occur to me that I did not need to do this. So it really wasn't until I had kids and they got to be just a little bit older. So we had been married for 10 years. And when we would come home from church, you know, having a two year old and an infant, they want to go down for a nap. They're exhausted. That's nap time, you know, one o'clock, noon. And so I was also frustrated like, how are we going to eat dinner? And the baby won't even sit up. Like, wake up, wake (laughs) up from your chair, eat your food. This is what we're supposed to do. This means that we're a good family. And it finally occurred to me, like, I don't have to do this. Why am I doing this? I'm not in a pastor's family. Church isn't everything. I'm not at church for four hours. Why am I doing this? Right, yeah. And so I stopped doing it, but it really took me so long. I would say decorating seasonally also is one of those things that I did because my mom did it. I do like seasons, so I felt like with every season, you need to change out your whole decor, Not like a few things. The whole thing. All of it. The whole thing. yeah. Like every Chotsky. And my mom also just, that's how she decorates. You know, there's just stuff on everything. Um, Every shelf, you know, there's pictures, but it all gets changed. It all gets changed. And so I did that again. Even living in San Diego, you know, like we would put out all the snowmen. (laughs) In San Diego. In January, yes. You know, because else, how am I going to know what season it is? It looks the same. It looks the same outside my window. So my mom would send me a box of fall leaves and I would like tape them (laughs) to my wall. It was really, it was like you could pin that. It was a really cool decorative trip using scotch tape and dried leaves. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. But again, it it took me even longer than figuring out the Sunday dinner deal that it's too much work for me. Like it started to become a burden and I didn't enjoy it. And it was just driving me kind of cuckoo. And I thought, why am I doing this? I don't have to do this. Right. And it wasn't really sometimes until you find friends who were like, I just don't do that at all. And you went, I I didn't know that was a a thing. Yeah, that's an option. (laughs) I can take that off my card. Yeah. So it's in some ways, it's kind of a meta confession because it's still ongoing. I think there are still things in my life I was just talking to my sister about a family gathering for a holiday, and you we are saying it's so stressful um, to have a big meal at our mom's. Um, I said, maybe we could just do something simple like order pizza. <laughs> and she was like, I'm sorry. Do you know our mom? <laughs> like, there will never be a holiday gathering that pizza is acceptable. Never. And I'm like, I know, but it just, to me, I'm thinking, isn't it? Like, it's a lot of work. <laughs> That's not okay. So just learning to, you know, in your own life, what are you doing because you enjoy it and because it's a good thing and you want to do it. And maybe there's some things that you can let go of because it's just how you grew up. That's right. That's
1: right. Rebecca let go of Nate's laundry and everything worked out fine.
2: (laughs) And I am so happy about it.
3: Okay, Laura, what is your next confession? My next confession is not meta. It is, in fact, very tangible. (laughs) (laughs) So... In our old house, when my husband and I were early married for his birthday or Valentine's Day or something, for some gifty thing, I did a gallery wall of photos in one of our hallways. And I put like so much thought into it. Like I dug up old, some of his old photos that he didn't you need know, to know I was looking for and framed them and all this. And I made this beautiful, I mean, it had like 50 photos. Oh, I mean, it wow. was like a lot of photos. I mean, some of them were small. But it was just a really cool um, thing down this long hallway that you could see from the staircase and all this. And I sort of presented it as a present almost. Well, when we moved, um, all of those photos came down, and there are two spaces in our new house that have per- that are perfect gallery wall contenders. Like per like absolutely perfect. Like they just scream. Put photos on me. So I gathered all like I kind of switched out some of the older ones cuz now we have kids. You know, I like got all these I got all these gallery photos. I mean, I had them printed, I bought frames, everything. That was 6 years ago.
1: <laughs> and they're not hung. They're
3: Oh, no, no. They're sitting in a closet. <laughs> all of mine are closet related. I know. They're sitting in a closet. It's not even really a closet. It's kind of like a a junk room that's like a teeny tiny I don't know bigger than a closet but not quite a bedroom junk room in our old 1920s house and they're just all there leaning against the wall where no one can ever see them (laughs) for For six six years years.
0: now you're gonna have to go get new photos made because the things that you printed six (laughs) years ago aren't even current
3: no kelly that would maybe be true but for the fact that i still occasionally print photos and have them framed and just add them to the pile
0: Okay, okay. So you because keep up my... to date in the things you don't do.
3: Exactly. I'm adding to this undone project continually. <laughs> and like every year it comes around and I'll be like, you know what my one goal is for you know 2017 or whatever it's to do that stupid gallery wall and then we'll get to Christmas of that year and I'll be like you know what my goal is for next year like I say it to Jeff all the time that's my husband I'll be like listen I I'm gonna do that gallery wall and he doesn't even he just is <laughs> like, like sure you will Laura this is yeah, the year so
1: why,
2: so why don't you do it does it stress you out the the figuring out how the placement or the hanging or what is it
3: yes it's There's so many of them, first of all. And it's just like the placement, two things, but the placement and the hanging. One is, um, like I know how to, I've done a million gallery walls in my life. Like it's not that I don't know how to do it, but one of the walls I found out was like a concrete wall. And so I was like, well, how do you hang on that? Maybe I can't. So then I tried to move to a different wall. I mean, I can't even give you all my neuroses, but it's basically, it's both the placement and the hanging. I don't want to do it. It's- I just don't want to do it. I don't want to actually like hammer the nail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then be like and then the next one goes here. Like I just know it's too many decisions. Like I said there's like there's I don't know 40 of I them know. or something. So I'm like it's just like too many to think about.
2: Yeah, I'm not even really laughing cuz I find this so relatable. Like this I'm stressed <laughs> out just thinking about yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, my very favorite part of this is that you keep adding to the pile. <laughs>
3: Like, no, we'll take a good family photo and I'll be like, this would be fantastic
0: for the gallery wall. For the theoretical gallery wall. Yeah, for the non-existent dream gallery wall. <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness. Okay, y'all, my face actually hurts from laughing and smiling so much <laughs> listening to you guys' it's confessions. I love it. Okay, well, my next one is um, related to, I guess, how all of these years into marriage and parenting, there's one aspect of family life that I haven't quite adjusted to. This past Sunday night, I texted my friend Catherine and said, some people get Sunday night blues because the weekend is over. I, myself, I get the Sunday night blues because I am completely over the weekend. (laughs) I am so bad at weekends, you guys, and I think it is because somewhere in my brain, even though my husband and I have been married for almost 19 years, our oldest child is 12, like I've been doing this wife and mom gig for a long time, but there is part of my brain that cannot forget that back in high school and college weekends were for just completely messing around, doing whatever you wanted to do. And that just has not been reality as a wife and mom. And so whether it is getting kids to activities, now that the kids are older, it's a lot of, you know, shuttling back and forth to activities and there's kids over here for sleepovers and we're taking kids over there for sleepovers and all kinds of stuff. And I find that by the end of the weekend, I am exhausted. (laughs) I can't wait for Monday so that we can get back to real life and I can maybe get a little rest. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm pretty grumpy about weekends. Another part of it, too, is having four kids. I do try to stay ahead of just life clutter. We try to keep a minimal amount of toys downstairs for our twins. We try to – I try to gather everybody's school stuff as it comes in the door and and everything goes in its place. And I feel like on Saturday and Sunday, like, nobody cares – that nothing is where it belongs I'm the only one that cares (laughs) Mm -hmm. so by Sunday night I'm like trying to put everything back where it belongs and tell people to get all of their stuff cleaned up and it's just I don't know weekends have not been a relaxing time for me so I'm bad at weekends and I get really grumpy about them that's my yeah. So I find impression. that really
0: relatable too though. I mean, I maybe I'm not as grumpy about weekends. I enjoy them, but there's this secret little seed of happiness that we're going back to like rhythm and routine. Yes. So when it's all starting to cloister in on me on Sundays, I'm like, okay, but tomorrow's Monday. Yay, Monday. I am the same way. Where yeah. There's nobody else in my family that's going, Yay,
1: Monday. I adore a Monday morning. It's my favorite time of the week. So <laughs> Okay. Let's do one more round of confessions. One last round. Rebecca, what do you have as your last confession today?
2: My last confession is that on Instagram, I follow a couple of companies that make a very unique type of jewelry that is on my secret wish list. Okay. And that is jewelry (laughs) that is made (laughs) out of breast milk. (laughs)
1: I had a feeling this is where this was going when you started Wait. giggling about it.
3: What? <laughs> what? Oh my, yeah, oh my, both Laura and I are like I know. what side
1: eye. Rebecca and I are pretty crunchy, so I knew exactly what she was about to say.
2: <laughs> I really want a piece of jewelry <laughs> made out of <laughs> made out of my breast milk.
3: No, oh. ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am.
0: <laughs> That's a hard no.
3: That is a hard no. I would rather you walk around with a vial of Nate's blood in a necklace than a breast milk bracelet.
2: But they're, but they're so pretty. They really and are. It's so it's oh, I, like, have tears. I can't believe I have said this out loud. Okay. Um,
3: Me neither.
2: <laughs> okay, when I started nursing my firstborn – I ended up being quite the fanatic. I just, you know, my sister had warned me. She's like, you know, some women get like all these lovey dovey feelings about breastfeeding and I just didn't. But I did it because financially it made sense and I knew that biologically, like health wise, it was a good choice. But I did. I could not relate at all to those women who were just all lovey-dovey about it, and so I kind of went into it like, okay, well, you know, I might be lovey-dovey, I might not. Oh my goodness, I like fell in love so much, and I end up nursing my kids for, well, a lot longer than I expected to, and I still have a bag of frozen breast milk for both of my children in my freezer, and I would just love to have a, pe <laughs> Kelly- <laughs> You like can keep it together. That's like a confession
0: right there. You have a bag of breast milk. How old is your youngest child right now, Rebecca? 4? Well,
2: yeah, he'll he's about almost 5.
0: So it's been in your freezer for 5 years. Like you've cleaned your freezer and gently put the breast milk bag back into the freezer.
2: Well, <laughs> yes, but I have multiple bags of breast milk from him. Like I probably have like ten, but that's because, but that's because just in case. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, this makes sense. <laughs> I was I wrote an ebook all about breast milk, and I knew that as a blogger and this ebook author that I was going to want to take some photographs from time to time of breast milk or frozen breast milk and that i would want it on hand and no joke like two years ago i got the milk out and i like did this like little photo shoot of this anyway yes i and i just think it would just be so awesome
3: wait can we get back (laughs) describe the jewelry because what i am picturing is so grotesque
1: (laughs) no it's really pretty it really is i'll let rebecca describe it
2: it's like a pearl it's like mother of pearl
1: is yeah, to this it's sort just of aesthetic. Like a
2: creamy white gem. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they do different shapes or like pendant necklaces or earrings or these different settings on rings. And they're really just very pretty. And I just think how amazing that like for so long I fed my children from my body. It's like the ultimate like I am woman hear me roar type display. I don't know. I, ca- I, I know you guys think. I just lost yeah, everybody. They
0: they they <laughs> make uh, diamonds out of your loved one's carbon as well. And diamonds are beautiful, but still, you should not be wearing grandma on your ear. Like there are just some things.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I haven't invested in it yet, but I, it is something that I daydream about, and I follow these accounts on Instagram. If anybody wants to look one up, you can search for uh, just breast milk jewelry. Is one that I follow at breast milk jewelry. It's beautiful.
3: I have heard a lot of crazy things on this show, (laughs) and I really think that that tops it. I really do. (laughs) I love it,
1: Rebecca. I'm feeling you. I get it. I don't. I don't own any of that, but I. I understand the appeal. I really do. So this is. This has been enlightening. This whole conversation. So. All right, Kelly. If you've recovered enough to follow breast milk (laughs)
0: jewelry, are you kidding? Okay, this is going to be a major doubter, people, but it's true. Okay, it is. I don't change my kids' sheets. Really? Like, Like, their bedding, like, ever? No, they don't change their sheets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) No, and here's the reason why. I used to, and again, like, growing up, that was something we all did every Saturday. You know, like, everybody stripped their beds and everything was laundered. But... With my kids I used to do that and I have four kids that's a lot of work and I do not know why but changing the sheets and putting clean sheets back on beds it makes me like kind of irrationally angry. It's just one of those things maybe Rebecca like you know doing Nate's laundry. I'm just like this just is so frustrating to me. And oftentimes when you have kids what happens is you wash their sheets and that's the night they get a bloody nose have an accident, or come down with a stomach flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very accurate. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get washed at some point, is my rationalization. So I do not need to have them on a schedule or put them like this is every Saturday or once a month. We're going to wash them. And really what pushed me toward this was when we got bunk beds. Mm-hmm. Um, for a short time, we lived in a three-bedroom you know, townhouse with four kids. And so we had to have you know two sets of bunk beds just to sleep everybody. There is no changing a bunk bed sheet. It's like it is mm-hmm. it is it is beyond it's like it's like some sort of a ninja no. task. Bunk beds should come with a warning. Yes. They are the worst. worst.
1: The absolute worst. Yes. It's
2: good for me to hear you guys say that because I myself have been fearful of ever investing in a bunk bed. And it's because of this. It's, it sounds like it's just awful. It's as bad
3: it, as do you do not would. do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, it is so terrible. Yeah.
0: They're wonderful if you can just get over like, A, they're not going to get changed hardly ever, and B, they're not going to get made. Like, before, I used to make sure my kids made their beds. And then I was like, who can do that? That's a Herculean task every day. Yeah. So I just started to shut doors. So I still have a set, one set of bunk beds, but we just – I don't worry about, like, it, when it gets made. Um, you know, every once in a while sort of a thing. So, yeah, I just don't – I do – change and wash my sheets whenever I want to because I like to climb into a bed and know that everything is laundered and crisp and fresh. My kids don't care, you know? So sometimes I'll just wash everybody's pillowcase because I'm like, well, that's what they're sleeping on the most. But we do baths almost every night before bed because it's part of our bedtime routine. So I'm like, they're getting into bed clean in jammies. They're going to at some point bleed on these, throw up on these, spit on these somehow. There's going to be a fluid at that point, I will need to wash them. We're gonna wait till that moment. It's kind of like what you're saying, Rebecca. Like once I have no underwear, then I will do the laundry. <laughs> right. Once yeah. there is some sort of bodily fluid contaminating my kids' beds, then I will wash them.
2: Yeah, this makes sense. To it me. Actually, I makes a lot of sense good, to me too. <laughs> a good routine to have.
3: <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, Kelly. Thank you for that. Okay, Laura, your last confession. I should have followed the breast milk jewelry because mine is also about milk, but not from my boobs. (laughs) I am so freaked out by expired milk. Like I am so freaked out about it. And I will smell the milk, I mean like five days before it's supposed to expire. And I'll be like, this is bad. This milk is absolutely terrible and sour. (laughs) But here's the thing, I don't taste it or even toss it i just put it on the cereal and hope that it, someone will say something if it tastes weird
0: <laughs> wait that's not that's that's totally reasonable <laughs> The kids are there to be the guinea pigs. Well, that's true. And your spouse or your significant other. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, first of all, it drives Jeff nuts because I'm convinced the milk is bad. Like from the day I bring it home from the store forever. I'm like, this milk smells terrible. Smell this. It's something wrong? He's like, nope, smells fine to me. And so I just constantly put milk on and in things and just hope somebody will say something if it is bad. I would never taste it myself. So I'm like definitely using the kids as guinea pigs. Like, well, if it was sour, I guess they'll tell me.
1: You know, it's interesting that you say that. I think milk smells bad all the time, too. Like, I just I just don't like the smell of milk ever. So that's funny. Do you drink milk or do you put it on cereal or
3: anything like that? I'll eat cereal, but literally only, like, the day after I've purchased milk. Like, when I know there is not even a chance yeah. that it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, of course, I put milk in a lot of things I make or whatever. Yeah. But i i won't really drink milk like oh i'll never like drink milk because of my drink yeah 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 no
1: okay i've never heard anybody else say that they cannot stand the smell of milk i and for me i don't even necessarily think that it's bad like i guess part of my brain is like this can't possibly be bad i just still think it smells awful i have ever since i was a kid so interesting okay my last confession um goes back in history a little bit, a couple of years you all remember that um here in the in the recent past, a big craze that hit the nation especially hit uh, homemakers and, and women who are keeping a home, whether whether for themselves or for their families, um, got really into Marie Kondo's book, The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I myself was right there. In fact, on a very, very, very early episode of Sorta of Awesome, I think it was my Awesome of the Week. I loved her approach to getting rid of a lot of the clutter in our life. I loved the touchy-feely aspect of it, the like connection to objects and and saying goodbye to things that we're ready to release from our lives. I loved the mysticism and the magic of it. So you guys, I got really, really into it. And I am here to tell you Two years later, after doing that, I have so much regret <laughs> for so oh no, oh no, for so many of the things we got rid of.
0: <laughs> oh no! I like know. you're not supposed to say these things out loud.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I am the worst KonMari failure ever because I am like, I can't believe we got rid of that stuff. We hit our bedroom particularly hard, so our closets, our dressers. My my husband and I like we got brutal about it. And I can't tell you how many times I've been like, where's that hoodie, that green hoodie I used to have? Oh, that's right. I gave it away when I was doing comery because I was like, oh, this hoodie, I've got like seven hoodies. It served its purpose. But no, now I want that very specific green hoodie and it's gone. So I have so much regret. also, also, interestingly, um, books, that was another category that we hit hard. And I was like, well, books are books and you can always just buy another one. Um, or you can get it on your Kindle. I, I have tried to be a lot more minimalist with book storage. I probably will never be a minimalist when it comes to book buying. But I almost exclusively read on my Kindle now. But again, I can't tell you, I'll, I'll think of a book title or well, I'll be having a conversation with a friend and we' be like, "Oh my gosh, you should read this book and I would loan it to you except I can't because I gave <laughs> it away when I was doing Marie. So I just feel like I need to confess that two years after I did it, I really wish I wouldn't have done that extensive and that intense of decluttering.
0: I've been there. I've gotten rid of things. I wasn't really doing Cone Marie, but, you know, get rid of something, especially I feel like if you're in those childbearing years where you've had babies or you're, you know, you're in between babies and you're like, I'm never going to fit in that again, or I'm never going to wear that again. And then you get to a certain stage and you go, wait a minute, what happened to my white jeans? Oh, That's right. I gave them to Goodwill, those jeans that fit me perfectly and were wonderful for five years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Regret. Mm -hmm. Yes. I hear you. Regret.
1: So much regret. Okay, well, thank you all for letting us confess all of these various homemaking confessions to you today. If you would like to find out more about Sorta of Awesome, if you're brand new to Sorta of Awesome and you want to hear more from us, you can find all kinds of information about the show at our website sort of awesome show.com. You can find all of our past episodes, and you can also find show notes for this episode. If you go to slash sort of awesome bundle you will find show notes for this episode. If you're new to podcasts and you'd like to learn more about how to listen to shows like Sort of Awesome or other podcasts, we have a guide just for beginners on our site as well. You can go to slash podcasts101 to find all the information that you need to get started as a podcast listener. All of us are on social media. If you have any confessions you'd like to share with us, if you want to agree or disagree with some of the things that we said today, we'd love to hear from you on social media. So let's give everyone a reminder where they can find us all around the web. Rebecca, where can we find you on social media?
2: You can find me at simplyrebecca.com. And then I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at simplyrebecca.
0: And Kelly, how about you? On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Kelly at Lovewell. And at Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash lovewellblog. And Laura?
3: You can find me on Twitter at Laura Tremaine and on Instagram at
1: Laura.Tremaine. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. And you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com.
3: Seeking the truth never gets old.